0: What, louder or not? Do you want me to shout? Well, I wonder how you are this morning. Are you actually excited because I'm standing here speaking? I've built this up the last couple of days because I'm going to test your knowledge this morning, okay? So let's just go back in time. That is where we started the year with Mr. John Mabry, introduced the hill climbing for beginners. And every series we ask you, what's the title of the year? And you'll go, uh... But do you remember the verse which we had? It comes from Psalm 24, says this. Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in the, his holy place? Who has clean hands and a pure heart? Who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully? He will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation are those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. I've been preparing my talk for the last, I think about six weeks. 20 to 12 last night when we got in from babysitting two of our grandchildren, God just said to me, you haven't put this verse in. I'd forgotten it. And now I've read it, it fits in what I've got to talk about. Because this last year we have done series after series after series and if you remember I know it's difficult to remember what John says but in that very first Sunday he says this at a time and not on our own. Are you prepared this year to climb hills with Jesus for the glory of God? So this year set your sights high and let's prepare to climb together. You had a rocky year this year. It's been a strange year but I thought, can we just turn these lights off do we think please? Thank you. I thought who would be good to turn to? Edmund Hillary and Tenzin Norrag were the first two guys together that climbed Mount Everest in 1953. Just before that glorious year of 1954 when I was born. (laughs) But this is what he says. Life's a bit like mountaineering. Never look down. And I thought, that's great as a Christian message. Don't look down because you've got to look up see where you're going. And this morning, my subject is stand. Confidence, confidence in a crisis or is it a crisis of confidence? Because I've got you excited the last couple of weeks, I've been excited preparing this but I want to ask you one simple question. What do you want God to say to you this morning? What are you expecting to hear? Do you know what I'm like. What are you expecting to hear? And so I want to tell you a story from the Old Testament and I've been pr- looking at this and uh, it's not been a difficult thing to put together but suddenly today I've realized the inappropriateness or the appropriateness, according to how you look at it, of this story. It comes from 2 Chronicles. This is what it says. After this the Moabites and the Ammonites and the some of the Menuites came to wage war against King Jehoshaphat. He was the king at the time. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It's already in Hezeron, Tamar, that is on Gedi. And suddenly, if i put a map up here. As you can see here, all these three nations will come into Judah. Now, let me explain the concept here. Solomon, King David was king, then his son Solomon became king. And suddenly after that, God split the nation into two. Israel at the top, Judah at the bottom. Israel was made up of ten tribes based upon the sons of Jacob. Um, but Judah was just two tribes. The tribes of Judah and the tribes of Benjamin. And if you know your Bible, Jesus is called the line of Judah because he came out of that family. But the thing is, we're talking about a bunch of nations far greater than numbers of Judah decided to come and destroy them. That's exactly what's happening today. Their numbers outweighed the numbers of Judah. But what did these people do that is different to the people did today? And this is what it says. After this, because you saw those two words, didn't you? After this, the Moabites and the rest came to wage war. After. Now, if you know your Bible, it was never written with chapters and verses. In fact, there were no paragraphs. It just went on and on and on. So after Solomon, Judah had two kings. They did nothing right for God. But then Jehoshaphat's father and Jehoshaphat turned the people round to follow God. If you get charts when you're bored at home, don't want to talk to the husband or the wife, read 2 Chronicles 18 and 19. You'll see incredible how Jehoshaphat had learned to listen to God. So after this, when they're following God, suddenly they face attack. Is that a story of your life? When you get serious of God, we're serious of God things start to happen that you don't like. Things start to go slightly wrong. And this is what's happening in here. And in fact, I was looking up what Abraham Lincoln, the former president of the United States of the 19th century, who was assassinated, said this. Be sure you put your feet in the right place, then stand firm. If I had to give you a takeaway for today, that's it. Where you put your feet is where you need to stand firm. So let's look at this story then. I'm going to skip through it into verse 3 now. Alarmed Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. All the men of Judah, with their wives and children and little ones, stood there before the Lord. Now, if I was king, I would have massed the troops. How many have I got? Go and polish your swords. But Joshua says, no, fast. Pray. Do you remember I said a couple of weeks ago the memorial service how King George in the Second World War called the nation to pray for Dunkirk. Millions came out, and God responded to a nation in, in pain. He calls for the nation to stand. Then... The Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, and son of Benaiah, and son of Jael, son of Mattaniah, a Levite, descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. He said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be dis- afraid or discouraged because of his, this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Then some Levites and the Kohathites and Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Early in the morning they left for the desert to Koah. They're now heading towards the enemy, doing what God had told them to do. As they set off, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah, and people of Jerusalem, Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. As they went ahead of the army saying, Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures. When they stood, the men, the wives, the children and the young ones, they started worshipping God. So, if we're going to go out to battle, we stick Sharon and Dave at the front, okay? Because God says, you start with acknowledging who I am. And as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. If you read on, they started attacking themselves and killed themselves. So when the, the, the Jews got to the, the plains, all they saw was a mass of dead bodies. It took four days to collect all the armor and all the things, all the spoils of war. But suddenly these people stood, knowing that they were going to be killed or enslaved, and turned to the only one they could was to God. On mass they stood before him, and God intervened. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians that says this, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. When I have a problem, or you have a problem, what I tend to do is I tend to put it on the prayer list, put it out to everybody so I can get as many people praying for my need in the hope that there's enough people praying that God will be swayed by the numbers. Or Dave's a great man of faith. God answers all these prayers. I'll get him to pray over me because God listens to him. I went through the Bible. I could not find a single place where it says, "Go and tell people all your problems and get them to pray for you." It talks about me praying for other people. The nearest came I was was Galatians chapter six, verse two, and said, "Share the problems of other people. Share in their burdens." But the sense is, our priority is to stand before God. Stand before God. My 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 passage for this morning is the armor of God, and then when you look at it. Now, the Roman soldiers would spend four months being trained how to use their spear and their sword and their shield, how to stand in a long line with all the actual soldiers that they could attack and and do the rest of it. They'd learn how to walk 25 miles a day and still be ready to fight. This is not about attacking. This is not about fighting. This is about standing. Let's read it. Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. with this in mind, be alert, always keep on praying for all Lord's people. None of those things can you get yourself. Where, do I, where can I buy this, you know, this belt of truth? Where can I buy this help, this breathplate of righteousness? Where can I get this helmet? They only come from God. We are there to stand. It doesn't call us to fight at all. And yet we spend our lives striving and fighting. It's very hard to stand. Hands up if you've heard of a guy called George Muller. Well, anybody ever meet him? He died in 1898. I don't know. Vera, did you ever know him? Vera, did you know him? Did you ever meet him? I was going to be told by Vera after this service. But this is what he said. To learn strong faith is to endure great trials. I have learned my faith by standing firm amid severe testings. Stand firm in the Lord. Stand firm and let him fight your battle. Do not try to fight alone. Let me tell you a bit about him. An evangelist, you know. George Muller cared for over 10,000 orphans during his lifetime provided education opportunities for the orphans to the point that he was even accused by some sum, sum, of raising the poor above their natural station in British life. He established 117 schools which offered Christian education to more than 120,000 people. He toured Europe and went to America. He did his sermons in English, French and German. Let me tell you one story about him. Once while crossing the Atlantic on the SS Sardinian in August 1877, his ship ran into thick fog. He explained to the captain that he needed to be in Quebec by the following afternoon, but Captain Joseph E. Dutton, later known as Holy Joe, come on to that, said that he was slowing the ship down for the safety, and Muller's appointment would have to be missed. Muller asked to use the chart room to pray for the lifting of the fog. The captain who followed him down, claiming it would be a waste of time. I love this bit. After Muller prayed a very simple prayer, the captain started to pray. But Muller stopped him, partly because of the, captain, the captain's unbelief, but mainly because he believed the prayer had already been answered. Muller said this, Captain, I have known my lord for more than 50 years, and there's not one instance that i failed to have an audience with the king. I have known my Lord for over 50 years, and there's not one instance that i failed to have an audience with the king. Get up, captain, for you will find that the fog has gone. They went back to the bridge, thick fog, no. They went back to the bridge, they found the fog had lifted, and Muller was able to keep his appointment. The captain became a Christian shortly afterwards. All he did, two things. He went and stood... Looked at the impossibility by a chart and prayed a simple prayer. There was no Internet. there was no WhatsApp group. There were other passions, he was the only Christian, he had a doubting captain basically saying, "This can't be done." And a simple, short prayer, and he knew. he knew it' always have an audience with the king. And his prayer was answered. I know from experience, when I have an audience with the King, God doesn't always answer the prayer I way I wanted. And what's the first question we say to God? Why? And that is not what we should say. We should say, Lord, I don't fully understand. Help me understand in situation to know your will. And that's the bit I find challenging, that is because the journey. I've been a Christian for over 50 years and I can understand what he says as I've got older I've, I've grown in experience I've grown in wisdom you may challenge that at a later time I've grown in my confidence that when I'm in a crisis I have confidence in who God is it doesn't become a crisis of confidence which it did when I was younger because I've gone from beginner to intermediate and perhaps I'm on the next level but Louise and I have gone through challenges in our life of all sorts, of which most of you will know nothing about. Not because, one, you may not have been here, but when we have our problems, we have some, a couple in the church we just say, can we share with them, and a couple outside the church we share for advice and counsel. Because, if I'm honest, they're private. I'm not saying you shouldn't put them on, but it's that bit where we learned to stand, to stand before God when we need to. And our prayers are short. And sometimes I would say to you, don't do long prayers. Because doesn't the Bible say God already knows what's on your heart? God already knows what you want before you even pray it. So why waste your time and God's time with saying it? I go to prayer meetings and the person says, what do you want to pray for? They then give them a list and they pray for the whole list there and then. I can't pray. There's no point. Because I I can only simply in my simple words pray for something. It's not about the number of people. It's not about how able they are to pray and get their prayers answered. It's not about the amount of words I say. It is just standing before God when you know He fights the battle for us. He fights the battle on our behalf. Even though I've had aspects of my life I don't understand. I've learnt as I've got older to accept God in those things because He will show me when he knows I can understand it. But we rush. We create. We give a prayer request to God, say, Look, here's my need, Lord. Then we walk off and try to solve it. We walk off and try and do it. But God says, Stand. If you want to do something, worship. Worship. Because when you consider who you're praying to, the master and creator of all the universe that holds the life in the palm of his hand, and yet, bends down to hear my prayer that is quite remarkable that is quite astonishing that is quite exciting and as I prepared this talk what I do is I put the word stand in Bible Gateway and I then set to 250 verses per page and I went through every single one every single one three weeks later I found this passage and because I said to them, I want a passage which sums up this year. One passage which encapsulates all we've said, but also my talk. And I came across this in Psalm 18. It says this, As for God, His way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in Him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. I love this verse. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. There's a a David Attenborough, one of these nature programs, where he shows mountain goats as they just run off the cliff and land on a ledge somewhere else. Their footing is incredible. To be like those deers that can climb across the rocks... Then it says this. He trains my hands for battle. The very thing we have started to read in Ephesians. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield. And your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. And that finishes on Psalm 18 verse 35. We have one verse left. Which just has blown me away. When you, Malcolm, you do hill climbing, don't you? You do lots of things. You're a rugged man. What's the major... Problems people have when they're hill walking. What is it? Uh, like yes, yes, yeah. Uh, right. Bodily, bodily. What's the accidents people tend to have? What accidents? Was that? Did somebody say sprained ankle? Yeah. Absolutely. It's the ankle's the weakest point. Yes, if you fall off the mountain, you're dead while falling down. If you break arm, you can still walk. But look what he says in verse. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. I just, I read that. Absolutely blew me away. In all this detail we've been talking about this year, God says, look after your ankles. We've not even mentioned ankles once, did we, Dave? We never talked about it. But all this year of hiking and climbing and putting your crampons on and scaling this mountain the rest of it, God says, stand. Pum? Sometimes these will split. Oh I see. Uh <laughs> um, the statistics say sprained ankles are the main one. Yeah, it's the major one. And and this however you've given me plenty of rooms of my steps underneath that my feet would not split. Yeah. Now, has anybody been to the cathedral in Sofia and Bulgaria? In that in that church there are no chairs. You stand. Except just around the room, they've got about half a dozen to a dozen for the elderly like myself and Vera and Anne the rest of them. We can sit. Or any pregnant ladies can sit. And up until about the 17th century, that's what they did every week. They stood. Until somebody said, we're going to have sermons. And they brought chairs in. But every week, as part of the Eucharistic communion, they stood with no chairs. It was all about being with the Lord and worshipping Him. It's all about coming into his presence and acknowledging who he is. Corporately, but as an individual. Acknowledging what Jesus means to me. I'm not saying you've got it all perfect and therefore you can't cry out. Of course you can. That's one of my jobs. To stand with you and to walk the journey. But the idea is you grow. Now, Malcolm is a skilled being a scout leader, he knows know going over the lands and he's training his boys in like manner. You've got to learn. And one of the ways we often learn is by the challenges of life and the mistakes we make in life. But the truth I can tell you is 50 years being a Christian like George Muller, you have to stand before God and let him fight the battle. I can assure you it's extremely difficult Particularly if you're in situations where you can't do it anyway and saying God I've tried on my own strength. Because it is are you confident are you confident in a time of crisis or does the crisis question the whole of your confidence in God? And there are times during your, your life where you will have those crises where you doubt. But we have to learn as we walk with God is to trust Him. When I was a an accountant for a manufacturing firm, senior accountant, we had to do accounts every month within 10 days. That was easy. But then every three months we had to do a physical stock count which meant I had to value the whole thing within 10 days. Mustn't have a stock loss or a stock profit because I would lose my job so with the MD. It was quite critical we got it right. It was extremely hard work. And every time I got to this 10 days where we were doing a stock take, I would say to myself, I did it last time, I did it the time before and I can do it now and that was my mantra if you read the Old Testament they say do you remember when God did this brought us out of Israel do you remember when God did that when you're in times of strife remember what God did in the past remind yourself God did this God did that And if God could do that then he can help me now I have no idea what he's going to do because I can't see through the fog but I trust him I trust him In all those hills, he creates the path for us to follow. And one thing I've learnt this year, looking at the map, you you see the peak, you climb to the peak and go, hallelujah, then as you say hallelujah, you see another peak even higher on the other side. There's always a new challenge. I thought when I retired, life would be easy. When people say, when you retire, you you won't believe the things you have to do. You couldn't work out how you had time to go to work. I understand exactly what they mean. But it's a new set of challenges my body is not what it was, I know that's hard to say it's not the ripped muscles it used to be, no it's changing I have new challenges in my life I didn't have before but I walk them with Louise and my Lord we walk them together, I'm experiencing new things but the only thing that's constant is God Himself the only thing that hasn't changed is my Lord and I've got to say, that is the most exciting thing I've heard come out of my mouth. That i just got to stand there before him. But as Abraham Lincoln said, put your feet in the right place first and then stand. Put your feet in the right place first and stand. As um, Edmund Hillary says, don't look down, look up. Corinthians, be bold. Is it Joshua 1 verse 9? Do not be discouraged, be bold, be strong, for I am with you. And they fought battle after battle. Jericho won those songs, they just walked round it seven times and it fell down. God will fight on your behalf if you allow him. Now you may say, Well, Barry, I'm new to this. Then my job and the leaders and others is to stand with you. To hold your hand, arm in arm. That's our job. But we stand. I want you to just bow your heads. Because I want that to soak in. Because now we've come to the end of this year and you should be heading towards maturity. You may say, Well, I've got still problems, Lord. If you're prepared to stand, God will reach out. Now let's pretend we're in a Bulgarian church. All those who are elderly, you don't have to stand. You really don't. Us younger ones, just watch us stand, please. And I want you to imagine, on the stage here, behind me, it's not me, is the Lord. And you know the issues you're facing at this moment. You know what's dragging you down. You know what's hurting you. You know how you've been hurt. You know, and only you know it, and God knows it. I want you to say, in your quiet heart, Lord, I'm going to stand. Lord, I'm hurting. I'm grieving. I feel lost, I feel insecure, I feel nobody loves me, nobody wanted me, I feel the mistakes I've made. Lord, I hold out my hands and ask you Lord, to help me. I've come here this morning, I've put my feet in the right place and I'm standing. Lord, I look at Israel now Father, and they didn't stop with the terrible atrocities going on Lord, I can't, I don't know what to say. But what I do know Lord they didn't stand as a nation and sought you as their God things could have turned out differently but it was fantastic what you did for Jehoshaphat the people stood men, women, children and little ones and you spoke into the situation and Lord speak into my situation Father my problem may be gymnastics or it may be small. You know my needs. I stand because I know you're able. And Lord, if it's not your will, be patient with me when I say why. Be exceptionally compassionate and generous in spirit as I question you, Lord, because I just want you to help me out. I want you to take hold of my situation and hug me until it's sorted. I'm so scared where I find myself. Lord, I love you and I'm still learning. I feel like a child tottering on my feet. But thank you, Lord, that I can stand before you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Please sit down. Just one more thing. It's alright. It's alright. No, right. Come on, come on. I had a video sent to me of my, one of my grandsons, Max. He's just over a year old and he walked a couple of weeks ago but didn't do it. So it's a video and he he, he starts walking and falls over. And he keeps getting up and walking and falling over, walking, two or three steps. And I thought it was fantastic. What was interesting, his mum has said to his brother and sister, don't look at him. And they're there working away, not a single eye contact, so he's not being... But he's practising how to walk. And sometimes we need to practise how to stand. How to stand. It is not easy. God bless you all.